So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast that you can't trust with a contract. Delighted to be saying that Terry will be staying with us next year. I thought we had Alonso hosting this episode. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the F1 podcast with a very tight pit lane. Ooh. Welcome to For Formula One Sake. We are here with the full three tyres needed. It was just three, right? Yeah, there are only three tyres. Why would you need any more than three? Welcome to For Formula One Sake, putting on our tinfoil hats and stopping a lap too early. Is this the right tinfoil hat? Can you come and do up my tinfoil hat for five minutes, please? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Ollie Peart, and today, from right here in a sand-free, flare-free environment, we'll be talking about the greatest hits show that was the Dutch Grand Prix. Flares, Verstappen dominance, and catastrophic Ferrari fuck-ups were all present and correct, and combined to create a more entertaining race than, frankly, we were expecting. We'll talk about all of that, contract disputes, and other shit that we crammed into a script at the last minute, therefore not referencing it in this intro. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who fished a poo out of the bath. It's Phil Tromans. What was it, your poo? And no. Phil, can I just say again, thank you for coming round. Right. <laughs> so nice I just get really scared. To Germany, I haven't been abroad in so long. Also, no, I have a toddler, and that has been a highlight of my week. And alongside no, him is a man who has also seen a poo this week. It's Terry Saunders. On Sunday, I went to a lake with, let's say, my partner, which is going fairly well. And weirdly, first of all, went there to this lake on the outskirts of Berlin in Altegel. And there was a red phone box and a red post box and a sign that said Royal Borough of Greenwich, which was a bit confusing. It turns out that part of Berlin has twinned with Greenwich since 1976, so that was weird. Anyway, we had a lovely romantic day. It was very nice. Uh, you know, sitting by the lake, you know, having food. Everything was lovely. And then we went our separate ways at the end. So she got off the train to go to her place. I stayed on. And, you know, long-term listeners will know that last year with my diary, I've had a lot of love upset lately and this was just good it was just nice i had a nice day and i was feeling happy about it you know and then, and we stopped at this there's a station called Maring dam and i was on my own on the train and i stopped and the train waited for a few minutes and i'm on my phone just kind of going what a lovely romantic day i've had and then i look up and on the opposite platform there's a man taking a shit on the platform <laughs> <laughs> and i make eye contact with him but he's halfway through his shit and he doesn't know what to do and and when I say a man, I don't mean like a homeless type guy or anything. I just mean like a a bloke, <laughs> probably been clubbing all weekend in Berlin. It's probably his first time, and the drugs wore off, and he had to shit, and the heat, and he was just oh, on this. Goodness. And the thing is, he wasn't on the deserted platform. There were other people on the platform, <laughs> <laughs> and he walked off. And I just saw people looking around, and you could see they were going, "That looks like the turd on the platform," but I can't believe it is. And reader, it was Guess Ollie. So. How have your poos been? <laughs> Are you regular? <laughs> I, I, I have no shit stories. I'm Well, every day's a shit story with a 10-month-old, so it's kind of just boring to me, shit stories. I, I try and sort of balance 
the shit stories with my new guilty pleasure, which is watching a reality TV show called Below Deck. Have you ever heard of it? Nope. No. <sighs> my God. It's, it's like the worst fucking thing in the world, and I love it so much. And I don't know where this obsession has come from. I hate reality TV. I cannot stand it. But my partner started watching this thing when she was pregnant. And I spent the first, like, 15, 20 minutes just slagging off everybody on the screen. And I really, really enjoyed doing that. So what, now, what's, the, like, what's the setup? Okay, so you, you basically... Let us try and guess. So it's called Below Deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah? okay, yeah. You can probably okay, guess. Okay, so twats on a boat. S- submarines. It's that the Britain's Got Talent recording and mm-hmm. underneath the stage <laughs> <laughs> you have to live in like a big brother house but you've got to be quiet when the actors are in and yeah. you're either below ant or below deck. Tremendous. That would be better. I like your That would idea. be better. Yeah. No, no. It's, it, it, it is twats on a boat. It's basically hey. like super yachts, right? So you get all the guests who are like multi-millionaires and that kind of stuff and then you follow the story of the crew and all their relationships. So it's all about the crew, um, the below deck Oh, that's type. actually more interesting. So it's sort of yeah. like um, some sitcom. Cruising with Thingy McDonald. Trevor. No, I mean, these are young, sexy people who are, like, just getting off with each other, and then they get tipped, like, $20,000 at the end of a three-day charter. And I just love it. I just love hating on them. I don't know why. I don't know where this has come from. It's good to hate things. I love hating things. I love hating things. So that's what I've been up to. Brilliant. Yeah. You'll fit right in. Listener's Corner this week is banked. What does that mean? Seemingly fuck all. But here we are. Actually, before we get into Listener's Corner, uh, should we deviate briefly to Conspiracy Corner? Do we have a jingle for this? Conspiracy Corner. Conspiracy Corner. What's around the, the corner? corners are flat. There's jet fuel won't melt. Corners don't vaccine my corner. Bill Gates makes gravel. Anyway, uh, there were a few apparently coincidental events through the weekend that, if we were minded to wear tinfoil hats, could be construed as beneficial for a certain Cal-based team. Robin White says, Perez doing a Nelson Piquet Jr. during qualifying or Yuki taking a dive when there was a whiff of Mercedes winning. Joss the boss must have his knuckle dusters on again. Tim Renlure takes us into the AlphaTauri pit and says, Yuki, what are you doing back? You were supposed to park up on track. Get back out there now or Helmet will have my head. Richard Stevenson says, Sonoda suffers a race-ending event. Returns to the pits, undoes his belts, Red Bull's sister team retightens the belts and sends him out to retire on track. Red Bull driver Max Verstappen needs a virtual safety car or safety car to win his home race. As bad as Singapore 2008. And Tom Murray says, I'm giving away a trampoline. Maybe it'll be useful for one of these F1 conspiracy theorists who like to jump into conclusions so quickly. Nice. Discuss. Nice, nice, nice. A little bit fishy? No, unfortunately not. No. Max Verstappen is winning the championship by six squillion points. He had the fastest car. He was probably going to win this race anyway. I think even Red Bull would allow Hamilton to win (laughs) because they're thrashing him this year. I like the idea that this is a conspiracy theory. I I love the idea. I I thought at the time it was, you know, it was definitely a little sus job. But the thing is, and I have to say this with a lump in my throat, Red Bull are too good. If Red Bull were to actually do a conspiracy theory, it wouldn't be fucking obvious. This is how Ferrari would do a conspiracy theory. <laughs> if Ferrari, Ferrari were trying to throw do a race, it this well, would, would, you know, would Yuki say, would right. get out and run away, and then come back. He'd like put his hand to his ear as if he was getting a message, and then run back to his car and jump in again. He'd do it wrong. He'd fuck it. No, probably out. what happened was Ferrari would say to like Haas, "Right, you stop the tr- you stop the car on the side of the track on this lap, and we'll get a safety car." And then Haas would probably just go and win the race by accident or something. That sounds like so, something. Just to play devil's advocate, I think that Red Bull are thrill seekers. Their their brand is beat a, is built around thrill seeking and being extreme, and you know they are absolutely walking this championship. I think they were like, "What if we do all or nothing? If we pull this off, we win the race that we might not win otherwise. If it doesn't work, we're booted out of the championship. It's high stakes poker." doesn't get more extreme than this this is like wingsuit flying or whatever it's called it's not even that high stakes is it because they're never going to boot max out of the championship they booted schumacher out did they yeah did they yeah cool <laughs> <laughs> no all i was going to say is that uh with the the sort of conspiracy and maybe red bull not being smart enough to pull it or no red bull being smarter than it would seem because it was so obvious isn't it like a double bluff it's like let's make it so fucking obvious that nobody thinks that we actually would do it do you know what i mean 
It's like yeah. it's a double it's just bluff. What they think we would do. Yeah, I it's mean, just it like oh, it's, obvi- it's obviously a coincidence because we wouldn't do it in the fucking open, or would we? They could shoot someone in Times Square and nobody would bat an eyelid. Okay. The well, you wouldn't because there'd be orange smoke everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> another week, another long list oh. of Ferrari catastrophes. This week, the main victim was Carlos Sainz, who had two shit pit stops and an unsafe release penalty. The team also lost a wheel gun to Sergio Perez, who ran over it when it was left in his way in the pit lane. Ali Kilpatrick says, Does an F1 car need four wheels? Question. Keith ah. Russell says, Who else hummed three wheels on my wagon during the signs pit stop fiasco? And Jason Birkinshaw says, I'm not even a Ferrari fan, and I get anxiety every time they have to pit. Surely they are going to complete the How to Fuck Up an F1 Race in 101 Different Ways book soon. Ben Turnbull says, I'm bursting with excitement to see what Ferrari will do in front of a home crowd. Forget to put fuel in, possibly? Take take the long route at Monza. That's what they're going to do. They're going to no, end I up think, on the banking and realise they've gone the wrong way. I think what happened is, when they do the signal for everyone to clear the grid, at the start of the Italian Grand Prix, they'll clear the grid and the red lights will go on. And they'll be like, Charles, Carlos, you're supposed to be in the cars. <laughs> they'll be standing oh, at the shit. side going, oh. No, this is being the pits going. This is nice, isn't it? <laughs> oh. oh. Every, every, week, so every week, every week we say it. And every week I think, I don't know how much longer we're going to have to be able to say this again because it can't happen next week again, surely. I mean, I think, I think it is literally I, every race. I think this is their best fuck up yet because <laughs> it's brilliant because they had a pit stop and three tyres already, which meant 75% of the pit crew. <laughs> knew that they were coming in for tyres and they went and got the tyres they needed. And then, I don't know, is it one bloke has to get the tyres? Is it like two or three people? But it just, I mean, I know this happens quickly. I know it's a stressful situation. They've got literally seconds to react. I think what was happening is Mr. I've got to get left rear tyre was on his phone or something, wasn't he? He was always having a fag or something. Because <laughs> you've all been there before. Like when you're in a job and you're just he like, was have a chain break, smoking, chain smoking mission winnows. Of course the official cigarette of uh, Formula One. I just thought it was beautiful. I just think, you know, it was, as fuck-ups go, it's the most hilarious just to be like, because there's something about the fact that most of the people did their job right. Maybe it's that one guy. Maybe there's just one guy that every race they keep putting on a different department because he keeps fucking up. And this week yeah, he's left rear tyre. you got one job. But well, the funny thing is, it was only the start of their fuck-ups this race because then the second science pit stop... They basically let him out. Was it in front of Alonso? I can't remember now. I think it was Norris. Uh, and he said, "No, it's like no, I wasn't an unsafe release. I just had to wait, so I didn't run anyone over." I was like, "Well, if you, yeah, you need to factor not running anyone over into your release times." You still went out in front of somebody and nearly hit them. So then he got a five-second penalty. And there was one point as well where uh, was it Magnuson? Oh, somebody stopped on the pit straight, and Science promptly overtook somebody as he was going straight past him. I was like, "Well, he's probably going to get another penalty there." Where's the fuck yeah. up though? Do you think? Where's the fuck up? Is it like where's it rotten? It's got to be. It's got to be someone at the top. It's got to be an. Ind- I reckon it's got to be an individual. Who would it be? Benotto. It's got to be. Buck stops with him. No, team, team I principal. think. Either no, yeah, I think it, that's it's... too easy. I think no, I think that's too easy. I think. Yeah, I think there's like a bunch of people. Have you ever worked in a job? No. Full stop. Question. <laughs> question. Um, where. Change has got to happen. And there are people that have worked in that place for a long time and they will resist the change. And I think that's what's happening at Ferrari. I think there are some old school people who remember when Ferrari was shit but nobody cared. And no, now we, Ferrari, we, like, we like being shit. Yeah, this is, this is the Ferrari way. And now Ferrari are good. They're, they're sabotaging. I think, it's an in, I think it's a sabotage job. They're not shit. They're being saboteured. Sabotaged. Sabotaged. Saboteur. <laughs> By saboteurs. It's another conspiracy theory. Or aliens. maybe someone from Red Bull's got a job at Ferrari. Oh, aliens. Aliens. <laughs> it's aliens, yeah. Do you know where the, the word saboteur comes from? Mm, yes. Uh, yes. French. Me too. It, French. it was an episode of QI. Yep. There, they made it up. Sandy Toxvig made it That's up. where they get the word from. Yep. It was a Stephen Fry episode, I believe. Oh, okay. Old school. A sabo is a type of shoe in French, maybe. Ask Google. And they threw it in the machines. They raged against the machine. Shall I move on? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's been another embarrassing week for Alpine, not on the track where things usually went okay, thanks mainly to the driver that's ditching them, but in the case of Alpine versus Piastri and McLaren, the Australian driver and British team emerged triumphant at the contract recognition board. It was decided that McLaren's signing of Piastri for next year was absolutely fine, and Alpine were talking bollocks when they said he should drive for them. Now Alpine has to pay a big pile of legal costs and find a new driver for next year. First things first, I think... From listening to that, what they should do is treat contract recognition boards things like an actual Grand Prix. So at the end of it, the the uh, parties have to come out and they have to park behind like a number yes or a number a no board. And then David Coulthard interviews them and says, oh, how did you find that? And Oscar Piastri's like, I'm going to drive for McLaren next year. Great idea. I think they should next. have covered the whole thing in the same way. Like There should be commentators throughout every portion of it. You can see how it's going. So you see McLaren and their slick lawyers completely trouncing Alpine's lawyer equivalent of Nicholas Latifi who clearly doesn't have a clue what they're talking about because having having read a little bit about the judgment it seems like Alpine basically just wrote something at the top of a piece of paper that said legally compliant and expected that to mean that it was legally compliant well, was Mark didn't. Webber involved in all of this oh somehow? yes oh Mac yeah no he's the he, chief instigator he's Oscar Piastri's manager dad and dad some say it does sound like Alpine were being a bit dickish to Piastri. Everybody, everybody, because Alpine was saying to Alonso, "Right, you're getting on a bit, so we'll give you a one-year contract, and if you're if you're good, you can have another year." To which Alonso's ego went, "Fuck you!" <laughs> so then Alonso walked, but they were like, "Okay, well, if Alonso goes, we've got Piastri, and he's going to be so grateful because we've given him all these years of uh, like F1 sponsorship." And then, but. Because they've got Ocon down for a while, and if they did give Alonso a year-after-year contract, then Piastri wouldn't get an Alpine drive till 2025. So they were saying, well, maybe we'll just farm off to Williams and he'll be grateful for it. To which Mark Webber and Piastri are like, he's uh, the F2 world champion, yeah. you fuckers. Fuck we're going to go really good. McLaren, you yeah. fuckers. Because yeah. if there's one thing we know about McLaren, is they're really good with Australian drivers, mate. Yeah, they need a good <laughs> Australian driver of Italian heritage. <laughs> Don't know who they're going to get next. Who they're going to get next? Alan Jones. Alan Jones. Zarina. Alan Jonesini. <laughs> Have there been any other Australian drivers at McLaren? Cobber Ferrari. Australian? No. I mean, obviously there was a New Zealand driver that drove for McLaren for a bit. There's been a couple, Never in fact. Uh, Australian? I can't think of an Australian. Now we'll get letters going. Oh, you've forgotten about Bouncer McNeighbours. <laughs> Duncan Goodhue. No, hang on. Who's the one from Crocodile Dundee? Uh, Steve Irwin. No. Brian. No. <laughs> Bri- what was his name? Paul. 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 Hogan. Paul. That's the Paul guy. Hogan. Paul Ho- yes. Hulk Hogan. It's Paul Hogan. Yeah. Not Duncan Goodhue. <laughs> <sighs> totally I from all Australian. Anyway. This. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, I don't know why that tickled me. Yeah, so Piastri goes to McLaren. Alpine don't have another driver. And so they now want to get Pierre Gasly from Alpha Tauri. Oh, which we're going to go to next. Sorry. Speaking of 2023 drivers, the rumours are rumbling louder for American IndyCar driver Colton Herter, who's tipped to replace Pierre Gasly at Alpha Tauri next year. Gasly being the favourite to be the Piastri replacement for Alpine. There's only one problem for Herter. He doesn't have a super licence. Does he need one? Apparently, no. apparently you do. Why hasn't he got a super license? Well, the if trouble is a... that IndyCar, if you believe American, like budget and exposure in America, you'd think it was like an equivalent to F1. But as far as I can understand, it's essentially like Formula Four. That's about or right. Or like, you know. That's why Grosjean looks so good. Club racing. It's like it's like the Mini Cup, which held over three rounds at all at Brands Hatch. So, so basically, the FIA have done a big kind of slight to IndyCar by going you don't count well, they, they basically think that, like, in order to get super license points you have to be a certain level of good at a certain level of motorsport and so you know if you win F2 bosh you're probably fine if you I don't know win every single race in F3 then maybe that's enough but they don't rate IndyCar that highly in the grand scheme of things because it's essentially just a little regional championship you know it's only held in America it's not international it's not a world championship or anything like that so 
This is the first time I've ever entirely agreed with the FIA. <laughs> Fuck IndyCar. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. It's got, it's got, it's got its moments. But like the standard, I think we, uh, you know, as Formula One snobs, I think we can all agree that the standard in IndyCar is not that high when people like Takuma Sato, Sato and Marcus Ericsson can win the biggest races. Agreed. But so I don't want Colton Herter coming over here ruining our jobs. But that does mean that Pierre Gasly's got a problem because Pierre Gasly is tipped to go to. Alpine, but AlphaTauri won't let him go unless they get a good driver in his place. And if they can't get Col- Colton Herter, which sounds like a shop, doesn't it? I mean, um, <laughs> I, I think that money will talk. And because Red Bull are like, yeah, yeah, we want to sort this out, and presumably AlphaTauri want to sort it out as well. Like they'll put the they'll put Helmut Marco on the case, and he'll slip a little Sutton Sutton to the FIA and make it happen. <laughs> Just stick them on L planes, oh, right? Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F one sake or find us on Facebook where we are for F one sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, why not buy us a beer? That's what these people did, and we thank them in the only medium we can by producing a limerick about each one. Wait, what? So we thank the extremely generous Nicole Paradise who says, Spa, you're gonna go my way was a brilliantly searing episode. Thanks for the last fellas. Upon eating a fig roll, there was a young lady called Nicole. She listened to our pod and thought that was good. I'm going to give money to those big holes. This was a terrible idea. Laura Abrio, who says, Can you wish Justin a happy 31st birthday from his little sister? Thought it was a better gift over manscaping products. There was once a young miser... I mean, who, that doesn't even scan straight away. Straight away, you've done one a, line. <laughs> there was once a lady who was a miser. No, still terrible. Who, shut up, who bought us a beer and a tizer. Uh-huh, uh-huh, we don't advertise uh-huh. tizer. She got, a requ- she got a request in, happy birthday to Justin, and then she slagged off our advertisers. And thanks to our monthly donors who keep us in beer all year round. This week, we raise a glass to new patron Christopher Beck. It's a, f- a funny first name. Old-timer Donald Griffin. Griffin! Also an odd name. <laughs> Even older-timer Keith Russell. That's probably Evan. Russell. Evan, older-timer. I've just got the joke you're doing, Phil. I'm only three in. It's fine. It's quite early. <laughs> it doesn't work. Brad Youngman. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, Brad Youngman. No! <laughs> don't fuck off. Keep giving us money. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. Join them. Why don't you? Head to ff1s.com forward slash point, point, point. <laughs> Terry? Phil? Phil? Ollie? Terry? So I gather our friends at Manscaped just brought the ultra smooth package to Europe. Yeah, we know Ollie. We were talking about it last week. Shh, Terry, let the man finish. The ultra smooth package is the perfect kit for the smooth ball experience. No electric shaver. This is analogue. Behold, the crop shaver razor. Is that the one you're holding there? Look at those three precision blades. The extra wide lubricating strips and a mm. pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. But we covered Let this. Let the man finish. Look, Terry. See how the blade travels across your scrotum? See Get how its blinders. pivoting head achieves the ultimate groin grooming experience. Please, look, please, Ollie, Let stop this. Let the man finish. You see, Terry, it's not your average razor. It's smaller, thicker, with a micro comb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. Okay, I think he's finished. What do people need to do, Terry? Balls, balls, balls. Say it properly. <laughs> Head to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code balls, balls, balls. Leave me out of it. <laughs> That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code. Balls, balls, balls. Get out of my teams. Get into my podcast. Red Bull. For just a moment, it looked like Red Bull might not utterly dominate this race as Perez was nowhere and someone other than Verstappen led for a bit. But then serendipity happened and Verstappen won as usual in front of his home fans who had travelled from 
Belgium. Uh, and he got some support from the local Dutch fans too. We should, this should be a thing we carry on, is that he's not Dutch. Especially the more he wins and the more the Dutch get into it. So hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. So what I've been saying for the last two years, the fucking Dutch. Oh, yeah, should I have been can, saying... No, no, we can still hate the Dutch. So I shouldn't have been saying the fucking Belgium, because actually the Dutch are even more stupid that they're supporting a Someone driver who isn't Dutch, even yeah, Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> but also, honourable mention to the fucking Belgians. <laughs> yeah, we're an equal opportunities uh, race-hate podcast. Is that fair to say? I think so. Belgium, big Belgian isn't a race. Well... But if it was a race, Max Verstappen would win, <laughs> <laughs> and he did. It was it was a bit exciting though for a bit, wasn't it? It was a bit. It was a bit. It was like, oh, I'm not sure he's going to win. I mean, he did obviously because, uh, but um, there was a point where I thought, could Mercedes get a one-two here? And the answer was obviously no. But you know, obviously, and it obviously won't last either because this is just a one-off because of the characteristics of the track. But it was almost know, interesting but, for a bit for the champ, not for the championship, obviously. But, but for as ever, Max was. As ever, Max Verstappen can make it all about him. Because at the end, when he was like, oh, they threw everything at us. And it's like, they didn't throw everything at you. They gave you a virtual safety guard that gifted you the race. That's like going, oh, they threw everything at me as I walked through this revolving door. Oh, God, it was so hard. Oh. They threw a couple of flares at him. Well, well, Some flares on the, the track. Flares. flares on the track, including, apparently, according to the footage I saw today, one thrown by one of the security guards. Who was probably fucking Dutch. Weird. Or Belgian. Or Belgian. He's probably from Luxembourg. I've got a friend from Luxembourg. Oh, of course you have. Oh, in fact, I might be on Luxembourg TV this week. Um, I forgot. What? Yeah, anyway. what? You have, um, you have quite the CV. Formula One podcast, <laughs> Luxembourg TV, and a James Bond film. You should dig you into know. that a little bit more. I mean, what, like in the background of a news report? Or are you, like, actually on it? Who's the new anchor? My friend. My friend, yeah, well, it's a small place. They they just they've run out of people. No, my friend who was a DJ, I was the radio sort, not the club sort, was having some kind of profile thing filmed about her as a life as a DJ in Berlin. So she was like, "Can you come and sit in this restaurant to make the restaurant look busy, make it look popular?" <laughs> so I'm just at a table with her. Was they? And I think it's. I thought it was going to be like the the way she said it. I thought they were going to film. Us having a conversation with all of her friends, and but like, you were just an extra. You were just an extra in the yeah. background. <laughs> and they literally filmed. They literally filmed for like ten seconds. And went, oh, that's all we need. And I was like, but I just put a shirt on. <laughs> I've done this for Daniel Craig. That was red. We didn't talk about in the in the listeners' corner bit properly. The Perez running over the Ferrari pit garden because <laughs> that was. It was Brilliant. really funny. They just kind of left the wheel gun out. I mean, it's because it's a tight pit lane at Zandvoort. Like, there's not much room. There's not much room. And they left their they left they left their large gun just lying about, and you got to expect somebody was going to jump on it. The thing about it wasn't so much leaving it out because I can understand that because you know they were panicking about the tire. Someone's throwing the gun down. I can you know you can kind of understand. That's possible. It's not within the realms of impossibility that someone's going to leave it there. The best bit was like 10 minutes later where they just cut to a shot of the mechanics with like <laughs> one bust up wheel gun and a better one. And they were like looking at it as if to go, hmm, do you reckon the boss is going to notice? It could only have been better if one of them had a roll of gaffer tape. <laughs> uh, Perez was properly off his game this weekend. He's shit, isn't he? He is. Mercedes. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's, I just wondered if you were going to elaborate on that. Just no, nope. Perez is shit. Nope. Okay, love nope. it. Okay, great. Mercedes. Mercedes thought they could have won the race, but they figured without inconvenient safety cars and Verstappen pitting for fresh tyres while Hamilton stayed out. All we needed was Michael Massey to change up some rules and it would be like old times. Could they actually have won, though? Mm, once, once the safety cars happened, no. I don't think there was a scenario where... Much like Abu Dhabi, frankly, like it was the same. It was the same thing again. If Hamilton had pitted to get new tyres, you would have lost track position, and I wouldn't have backed him to get past Verstappen on track. That's hard to overtake on. And if he stayed out, which he did, how uh, uh, Verstappen would have got past him. I think even if Russell hadn't pitted and sort of played wingman, I think Verstappen on soft tyres with DRS would have got past them both within a couple of laps. I think you're probably right, but. It was just a bit of a shame, wasn't it, to see a restart and Verstappen getting by easily in front of well, the fucking Dutch. It he did. Bit... It didn't help that apparently Hamilton had done his 
tri- his old trick of putting the wrong setting on his car again. The one that he... Do you remember, oh, was it last God, year at Baku when he fucked it up? Yeah. Oh, Lewis, he's did getting it again. on a bit. He's making did mistakes. Did it again. Yeah. He went out <laughs> oh, the first lap at the last do, race. What's this button do? Oh, Toto. I'm oh, no, 38, you know. <laughs> I fought in the war. Didn't he, didn't he fuck up... Uh, what Was his pit crew fuck up tyres or something? What was going on with that? It, it, didn't he just basically choose the wrong tyres? Because uh, Russell went for... He, ch- he chose no tyres. He chose no pitting. He just chose to... St- but well, he was having him, a go at the, uh, his pit. crew, wasn't he? Yes, he said, no, I, I think... can't believe you fucked me like this or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he was pissed. He was pissed off. But also, George Russell... I've been trying to form an opinion on George Russell in the last few years of his Formula 1 career. And I think I finally nailed it. He mm. is an incredibly selfish but incredibly dull man. <laughs> like most like, F1 drivers. But more selfish and more dull. Like the way he went in, like, I want softs, I want softs. He had a little, little tantrum. He's quite ruthless. And then did you see his interview afterwards when... I don't know, there was just something weird. Like, he was stood there. Like, when they went... Uh, the bit where, like, was it David Coulthard interviewing them and they're all mm. kind of in front of the big screen... And he stands there like he's in fucking Greece or something, like against the screen, like he's smoking Country a cigarette with like one one leg on the wall, like he's like fucking John Travolta, like hey, yeah. You interview Max Verstappen first, then you come to me, right? And then David Coulthard's like, oh, so you changed tires and everything, and he just ignores Coulthard and just says, oh, it's really, it's really great to be here in Dutchland or whatever he said, and you know, and the the fans actually cheer him because the Dutch are so fucking anti-Hamilton they must support his teammate over him so he actually got a cheer and he's doing the whole kind of like yeah everything's great everything. and just he's boring I mean he is from <laughs> Norfolk can't be that exactly boring. I we know my views on Max Verstappen I think George Russell is now my most hated Formula 1 driver oh wow it's an ever-changing list but George Russell for some reason the slight ruthlessness the selfishness but then the tediousness at the end that's it for me that's the trifecta it's- that's the triple threat of shit if George Russell invited you to his birthday party, how would you get out of it? Well, <sighs> obviously I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> if he invited me to his birthday party, he would change in my view and he wouldn't be the most hated. I'd be like, do you know what? It's quite nice. Oh, what a, you're a really interesting man, George. What a lovely house and great decor you Maybe have. I should be a Tory MP because that's, that's basically how they work, oh. isn't it? They go, oh, we're just going to donate to the Tory party. Oh, yeah, go on then. Yeah. Dump your sewage in my constituency. It's fine. George, I love, I love all the grey paint you've put up. Is that a, is that a live, laugh, love painting? That's really nice. Ferrari. Ferrari. Despite Ferrari's absolute <laughs> clown show that torpedo signs raise, Leclerc actually managed to finish on the podium. Uh, to keep his brain-dead championship hopes on live support in case some championship organs need donating. He's basically given up at this point now, though, hasn't he? Surely. I mean, he's, what, 100-something points? I mean, he's 100-and-anything points behind his... Verstappen could not go to the next four races and he would still be winning, uh, at least from it's the club. such anyway. a str- But isn't it such a strange thing, though, because it, he's still doing well. Like on merit, he finished third in the race. You know, that's not. Let's, let's just in a, in any Grand Prix in history, finishing third on merit yeah, isn't. He bad, was fine. He right? was fine. But also, weirdly, completely not there. Didn't even notice him during the race. You know, signs had all the pit stop dramas. There was all the safety car stuff ahead of him, behind him, and yet he was just there. Yeah, he it just, just sort like, of crept crept into the podium at the last minute when Hamilton's tires started going away. Yeah, it was. You know, he's driven. I mean, he's third in the championship, and that sort of sums it up I guess I mean Ferrari weren't quick enough to do anything more than that this weekend to be honest like maybe if they'd really got their act together they he could have got second with Sainz being knackered and Perez being shit but the Mercedes but what was their- it Sainz about the unsafe release if they say that's the unsafe release that's bullshit it was the it was the safest release I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's been an awful lot of people spouting utter shit in the heat of the moment in F1 which I sort of like you know Alonso did it last race to Hamilton Hamilton did it this race saying his pit lane had screwed him Science said it saying this is the it was the greatest release in the I've ever done or something it's just I think they should have more of that they should give an extra point for the most outlandish statement said oh that would be great wouldn't it that would just be Alonso going the earth is flat <laughs> Alonso would win the championship in the first race <laughs> Well, Alonso would do that thing where he's very clever with rules and he'd go, well, all I've got to do is say something wrong and that will win. So at the start of a race, he'll just say two plus two equals five. Thank you. <laughs> McLaren. 
Even by Daniel Ricciardo's now piss-ball standards, Zanfort was a shocker. Slow in qualifying, slow in the race, next year's best-paid test driver was beaten by everyone except Latifi. Norris, meanwhile, was actually ahead of Russell at one point, but finished where he started in seventh. Reckon Piastri will be keen to get into the McLaren rather than the Alpine? Yes. I think the car, maybe not, but it sounds like the team was massively toxic, so... I don't know. I think McLaren have more potential. It sounds like Alpine are just slowly imploding, so I think it's the better drive. But what was going on with Ricardo? It's like... He's given up. He's been crushed. His soul is destroyed. I know this is controversial, but I think Ricardo is my most hated driver in F1. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'm fickle. Uh, why so? Just because he doesn't just try. Because he's given up. It's just like the thing is, right now he's trying to get a drive in other places, right? He's trying to, you know, he's trying to go for that much vaunted uh, Haas drive yeah. or maybe a Williams test drive seat <laughs> exactly. if he's lucky. But we can all say that Ricciardo is a great driver who was great at Red Bull, quite good at Renault, and something about the McLaren just doesn't sue him, man. But <laughs> the worst thing is, he's just so clearly given up. And that's the last. That's the opposite of what you want in a Formula 1 driver. It's supposed to be a fighter until the last minute. He never gives up, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Ricardo has just clearly been phoning it in all year. I mean, you say that, but maybe there's a space there for like a sort of support race of for, for F1 drivers who've given up. Like no Here, one, no one. Tries. Are you ready for the joke? You ready for the joke? Go on then. That's Formula E, Phil. Hey. <laughs> uh. If um if Daniel Ricardo invited you to his birthday party, how would you uh how would you say no? I mean, in fairness, that would probably be a pretty good party. I think I'd go, and I'd be the one that I'd get there at like three in the afternoon, and I'd be going, hey, everyone, drink out your shoe. And they'd be like, no, not yet, not yet. We've got a cake in the shape of a shoe. So I'd be like, hey, drink out your shoe. I'd just be pouring drink into everyone's shoes. No, I, th- I think you'd get there, and you'd be the first one there, but Ricardo would already be there with the music thumping, drinking out of a shoe on his own with his top off, just completely wankered already. I think that's the kind of partying he does. He's like full in from the start. Aston Martin. Vettel ignored all the blue flags because he's better than that, aside from when it comes to racing. Should he give up? I think he should give up. I think he's already given up. He's given up in a way that's better than Ricardo. you see. Vettel has literally given up, but he's still driving around in 14th place. Ricardo has actually mentally given up, and he's only 17. I think, I think Vettel's done the same. I mean, like he's four places behind Lance Stroll, and he's just getting in everybody's way and ignoring blue flags. So it was unlucky that when Hamilton came out the pits right behind that, that was like a kind of, yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, if you look in the mirror and you see a Mercedes and a Red Bull battling, you think maybe I should get out of the way, especially, you know, when there's blue flags everywhere. Yeah. But if you're Vettel and you're like, I'm a four times world champion and I've not, I've not been this close to a car for ages. (laughs) Uh, I mean, no, he was crap. I mean, Stroll was all right. It was like when I got a haircut the other week and the guy massaging my head made me realise I just missed human contact. Wow. Alpine! Everyone at Alpine hates Alonso now, uh, but that's just fuel for his talent. He feeds off your loathing because it lets him climb from 13th to 6th. He's been really good. It's got to be bittersweet, isn't it, for the Alpine team? Because there's one bit where you saw the garage all kind of cheering and you think, oh, some of them must also hate him. I think oh. Alonso loves it. I think Alonso is now, he just, he absolutely loves everyone thinking he's a massive twat. And he's just literally coming in going, yeah, I just made up seven positions, drives into the pits with two fingers up going, go on, what are you going to do now? I bet he walks into the garage with a box of like 12 donuts and he just leaves the box there and then the box has only got like half a donut in it and he's like fuck you I think he walks into there with the half box of donuts and then as everybody comes up to get a donut he just turns it upside down drops them all on the floor and walks off and then goes from <laughs> I to think I think he puts his penis in the donuts <laughs> he waits till everybody's eating the donuts and then he leaves polaroids of his penis in the donuts no no I just think he's like do you want a donut you know where to get it <laughs> Alfa Romeo uh, Bottas tried to do a Yuki and influenced the race and Zoe went too quickly in the pit lane is that actually impressive for an Alfa? Proves they can go quickly at some point I mean this is another race where I really didn't notice Alfa at all and they, like, they had well, a penalty Bottas for being naughty put... and one of them didn't finish And I... Bottas calls the safety car though did that he? ruined Hamilton's I mean, he race caused, he like, had an instrumental role in the race and I still barely noticed him 
I just don't care about Alpha. They are a plastic team, and I don't care for them a jot. Well, they will be Audi soon. No, no, that's Sauber, isn't it? Oh, that is them. That is Sauber. Yes, they will be Audi soon. They will be. So they won't be Alpha. I've, I've actually thought of this last week. Like, they really need to get some Middle Eastern sponsorship so they can be Saudi. Saudi Audi. Saudi, Saudi, Sauber, Audi, Saudi. With Saudi sponsorship, Saudi, Saudi, Saudi. Alpha Tori. It's a sad tale at AlphaTauri where Sonoda actually had a good weekend and was generally faster than Gasly, but then Yuki had a shit start in his car breakdown because Jesus hates him. I think that's pretty true. Let, let's, let, let, let's just go through the whole thing that happened. I went through the conspiracy side of it earlier on. but So he came out of the pits and he thought they hadn't put the tyres on properly, so he stopped the car. And presumably then he undid his seatbelts because he thought he was going to get out of the car. And then they said to him... No, mate, the tyres are fine. Why don't you come back in the pits? So he goes back in the pits, but in the pits, he hasn't got his seatbelts on properly, so they have to go in and do his seatbelts. They change his tyres, and they send him out again, and then they realise that it wasn't the tyres, it was his differential, so it was fucked. Yes. It was a bit of a comedy of errors. Yes. It was Ferrari-esque in a lot of ways. Aren't they powered by Ferrari? It's the Ferrari effect. No, they're Honda. No, they used to be. They're Honda now. Are they? they? I've fucking lost track. I don't care. Well, not Honda. They're Red Bull engines stroke Honda. Are they? Are they? Are they? Oh. Yeah, because yeah, they remember there was a year where when Honda ditched McLaren or McLaren ditched Honda, they went into AlphaTauri for one year as a kind of tester for Red Bull. So they still got Honda engines. All right, fine. I'll take your word for it. But I, you're not I, taking my word for it. I can see I you googling really, it. I, really don't care. <laughs> I, I start. No, I literally how little I care is I opened a new tab and I got as far as typing Alpha, and then I was like, I can't be bothered. You've changed, Phil. and I changed, and I and I shut the shut the window. I know it's okay. not the most important thing, right? But how, how difficult is it to do up a too... fucking F one seatbelt? I mean, well, there was two actually, of them for difficult. ages. Is it? Yeah, it's like a is six it... point harness, and they have to be mega tight. Yeah, sure, but like they don't look like they're going through all of that when they start the race. So why were they all just fumbling? Well, no, about they do it beforehand. Like they they do it when it's, it's... Well, I mean, there's a little bit of that, I'm sure, but. They, um, they, they do it before the start of the race. Otherwise, it would be like a Le Mans start. Although, frankly, I'd be in favour of that, where they have to run and jump in the car, and they have like two people to help them. And that's all the time the race is going on. No, they drive off with the two people to help them doing the seatbelts. So when the seatbelts are done, they get jettisoned like, like little, <laughs> little, yeah. little jump seats on the side of the car. And they get little parachutes. Yes, absolutely. And they touch uh, down yes. in the Atlantic. Wow. From wherever the race is, anywhere yeah, yeah, in the yeah. world, it's always <laughs> shit It's going to be tricky yeah. at Suzuka, yeah. but yeah. Haas. Haas. No, Ollie, you are not allowed to join in. No, I just thought it, no. it sounded quite nice in my ears. It's two part Did harmony. you fucking two join part. in? Yeah, Did I joined in. Yeah. Right, that's it. What? That? I thought that sounded really lovely, actually. Magnussen went off at the start and then looked rubbish. Schumacher was doing all right, but then had a terrible pit stop. Why Haas? Why? I mean, I don't know. I think if they knew the answer to that, they still wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Well, Schumacher's kind of out of contract. and Well, he's out of... He's been ditched by Ferrari, hasn't he? Like his dad. So he needed a good race, and he was he was doing quite well. And then Haas just fucking screwed a, him over with like had, a, a terrible pit stop. He had a great qualifying, eighth. Yeah, he was good. eighth in qualifying, eighth for a Haas. Yeah. Eighth, eighth for a Haas near the second half of the season. Eighth for a Haas at the start of the season is easy. Eighth <laughs> for the worst Schumacher that's ever been in Formula One. Oh come on, <gasps> he's, he's worse than Ralph. Ralph, he's worse than no. Ralph. Ralph is a he's podium. not worse than Ralph. Ralph's, I think Ralph's Ralph, won races. Ralph was he? in better cars. Ralph won a race. Ralph won races for Williams. Mick, Mick hasn't won races. Not yet. Not yet. He will. I prefer Mick to Ralph. I'm a bit bored of Haas I now. wouldn't go to either of their birthdays. Actually, I should go to their birthdays because I'm I was going to say, now, if Mick I... invited you to his birthday party, uh, how would you sure. say no? Nine. I don't think I would because I think I'd be too scared to talk about the... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I'm so bored of... Haas, I genuinely want the Andretti thing to, you know, they're trying to get an Andretti team in F1. I want it to succeed. Well, we could sing about them with more. Is that a brand of jeans? Sure. No, you're thinking of Wrangler. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I want them to come in to be an entertaining American team because Haas has just gone boring now. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get my memory of F1 right. So the Andretti outfit, which is jeans, 
is run by Michael Andretti. Michael Andretti, yes. the former Formula and One driver. My, yeah, he's the McLaren shit driver from well, the 90s. Well, yes. The suggestion was actually that he was actually not that shit, but when he drove, he was shit. I think he was shit. He's the shittest Andretti. Okay. okay. I, I want him back in Formula Because I want him back in Formula One for that reason alone, that he's got a point to prove and that he'll be shit. That would just be <laughs> peak Andretti. Well, no, peak Andretti would be Mario Andretti, clearly. Yeah. But apart from that, peak Andretti. Williams. <sighs> Did Williams do anything? Nope. Maybe. Latifi was at the back. Yeah. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So, obviously, the fucking Dutch have been bringing their orange flares to the races. And I thought, what would the other fans of other drivers bring to the races to compete with the orange flares? So, obviously, Max Verstappen, his fans bring orange flares. Easy. In second place in the championship, uh, all of his fans bring all of his hopes and dreams, which are incidentally also going up in orange smoke. It's Charles Leclerc. Sergio Perez, his fans would bring all the tyres he'd save would be in the crowd, like in that episode of That's Life about the Holocaust bloke. <laughs> saying he's the Oscar Schindler of tyres. Oh, Oscar Schindler. You've seen that, have you seen that viral clip of the, there was an episode of That's Life? basically Oscar Schindler. But yeah, Oscar. Oh yeah, that's it. All, they all look the same, Phil. That's what you say. All those, all those, all those people who fought against the Nazis. Oh shit, I said it. I can't say that here. You say it three times, you get a warning. <laughs> Three times fourth Hitler place. appears in the mirror. <laughs> in fourth place, there is nothing about George Russell. He is an empty husk of a human being. His fans will bring up a flare that gives off no smoke, <laughs> as if he's got fans. Um, in fifth place, it would be the fourth tyre, Ferrari. The fourth tyre. Everyone's got the fourth tyre. In sixth place, Goats. It's Lewis Hamilton. In seventh place, Space Hoppers, Philando Norris. In eighth place, just one solitary Kimoa hat covered in blood. That's Esteban Ocon. That's, That's a, a great weird. fancy dress idea. <laughs> In ninth place, it would just be all the 17-year-olds at the circuit jump on the track because that's how old you are if you were born the last year Alonso won a championship. In 10th place, a fake rubber arse for Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> in 11th place, those balls you put on the back of trucks for Kevin Magnussen. 12th place, women that share the names of all his chassis. It's Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> in 13th place, everyone hold up your soggy left shoe. It's Ricardo. In 14th place, Toberones because Pierre Gasly might go to Alpine and triangles um <laughs> what <laughs> in 15th place curry versed which have i have not talked about curry verse curry verse is fucking disgusting no, it's nice it's what is it is it just you... sausage is it sausage yeah it's nice sausage even i like curry verse and i don't like anything it's a frankfurter which is the worst of all sausages mm. and then it's got basically cheap tomato ketchup that's been mixed in with like newsagent curry powder mm. Tasty. And that's what they call their national dish. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. fucking grim. It's well nice. Disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> 16th place, rolls of tinfoil for Sonoda. Uh, 17th place is lots of roll hoops for Yoga Nyu. Uh 18th place is money. And in 19th place, uh, horse's head for Alexander Albon because his mum has been up to no good again. <laughs> and then for the teams. Now, remember how it goes. If the drivers were shit, the teams are good. So oh, This should be good then. As I was watching the race, I kept thinking that Zanvort looks like a scale electrics track true right because mm, of the corners right yeah it's all banky it's like up and down you know gotcha it'd be a good scale electrics track so i thought if the teams had a branded uh game <laughs> what game would it be so red bull would have scale electrics because they won ferrari would have mousetrap but some of the bits are missing <laughs> mercedes would have a special edition monopoly but use real monopoly money as dad doesn't want the special stuff being used <laughs> Um, in Alpine would be snakes and ladders but there are no playing pieces <laughs> and McLaren would be Ludo but they've got too many playing pieces um, Alfa Romeo would be off-brand Lego Haas would be the American version of Scrabble from a charity shop which looks the same but also is just wrong um, Alfa Tari would be a scrap heap thing made of foil do you know what I, talk, do you know what I mean with that? not really no. okay Asterix we'll come back to that in a second um, Aston Martin would be Monopoly with real money but you play it on your own and Williams are like the best games are in the mind we don't need to have a board man anyway when I was a kid I had the best game ever and I've never found the best toy ever should I say and I've never found it anywhere since it was a a scrap heap car crusher that was like a big plastic conveyor belt with a little handle that you'd kind of wind and the cogs would go in but the genius of it was you'd have a little mould of a plastic car 
that would be like a in a bit and out a bit. And you get some foil, you put some foil in the mould, put the two bits together so it makes the perfect shape of a car, and then you roll that into the crusher and the toy crushes up a little piece of fuel to a, a little piece of foil to a little cube of foil. That sounds Best amazing, ever. and I've just Googled it. Was it called Clyde's Car Crusher? Maybe, yeah, I've never actually Googled it. That sounds amazing. And now for the man of the match of driving. Hamilton, Yuki Tsunoda. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Orange flares, such a stupid thing and somehow has epitomised the Liberty Netflix era of F1. No one likes them, except the fucking Dutch. They actually get in the way of seeing the racing, smell bad, could cause a crash, and are probably dangerous all round. I wouldn't eat one. But on the wide shots, they do look good, and it does show a fanatical devotion to Max Verstappen, which is good for business, so we'll say they're not allowed, but also never do anything about it. And then one idiot has to ruin it for everyone and throw it on the track during qualifying, and suddenly it's a red flag, and all the commentators are saying, oh, these orange flares are awful. And F1 is saying, hey guys, don't bring the orange flares. And the track is like, where'd you get those flares from? Not the guy setting them outside, surely. <laughs> as if none of them have noticed every fucking race for three fucking years looking as if they've just been tangoed. But now there's a flare on track, suddenly it's a problem and it must be stopped, blah, blah, blah. Don't worry, I have a solution. I say F1, lead into it. Each driver picks their own number, assign them a colour too. Encourage fans to buy branded smoke for their favourite drivers. Each fan is allowed two, so they have to deploy them tactically at the start or end in support or celebration, or will Max Verstappen get obscured by grey smoke because George Russell, the most boring of all human beings, is trying to overtake? Maybe Fernando Alonso has just done a mega move and green smoke goes off all around the track. Why green? Because of his new drive with Aston Martin or because he's always jealous of other drivers and wants their seats? Or, as I had hoped on Saturday, a car can drive through the smoke acting like a portable wind tunnel, instantly revealing all of its secrets to the other teams. Oh, that's why they want it stopped. Oh... All the smoke can mix to a kind of brown and the coverage has to switch to heat-sensing cameras or Bernie's sprinklers finally get used to disperse it and liven up a dry race. Anyway, all of that is better than a fucking sprint race. Agreed. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the fact that Fernando Alonso actually apologised for slagging off Lewis Hamilton last week, which I'm not sure I've ever heard him do before. He said, I'm sorry it's in the heat at the moment, I didn't mean it. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about something we probably should have talked about, which is it looks like the Porsche Red Bull deal might be off. We should definitely talk about that. We'll be back next week to discuss the Italian Grand Prix in Italy. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for f one sake, and follow us on Twitter at for f one sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? ff1s.com forward slash sharp. 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 Thanks for listening. See you in a while. I've been Ollie Pitt. Goodbye. Bye. Wait a minute. Thank you, Wait Ollie. a minute. I could shave my balls using the Ultra Smooth package from Manscaped. I've been a fool. What I've been doing is taking my balls away and leaving the hair. Podcast Network.